0: Welcome to our January 2024 Empower Women podcast episode, How to Love in the Face of Hate. This month, we were joined by Robin Vogel, a clinical psychotherapist and founder of Come Back to Love. In this episode, Robin discussed how you can choose love, choose yourself, and choose to contribute. Enjoy.
1: Um, So I want to thank Robin today for joining us. She's been um, one of our favorite speakers here at Lexington. I think this is the third time she's spoken for us over the seven years. I can't believe we've been doing this for seven years either. So um, thank you, Robin. Robin is a clinical psychotherapist. Um, She turned international love and and intimacy coach coach. And she has over 25 years of experience working with couples, men, and women. And she's a global leader in transformational workshops. I absolutely love listening to her. I find her so interesting and inspiring. Um, She has a flagship program called Heal Your Heart. And today she's going to talk to us a little bit about how to love in the face of hate. We're in this crazy time right now, which is sad. Um, And so I think it's a, a timely timely talk. So we're really looking forward to it. I'm going to kick it over to you, Robin, so you can tell us a little bit more about yourself and then get us started. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Christine. And thank you, Andrea. And thank you, Lexington Wealth Management. Yeah, I've been coming several years to often in person, a couple times on Zoom, and it's just a pleasure to meet new people. And I'm seeing some people from my community show up, which is awesome. Anyway, I'll start by saying again, my name is Robin Vogel, and I have been working as a psychotherapist for many years in the area with a focus on relationship and intimacy, connection, love, sex, all the good stuff. And at the same time as having a now small private practice, I've been leading workshops and classes and retreats and talks like this um, on similar topics, all with the focus on my mantra, which is the, also the name of my business come back to love. And so I want to define, come back to love first. And also for those of you just popping in, I invited people to grab pen and paper to have nearby. Cause I'm going to ask you to do some, just some self-reflection and it's nice to write it down. So when I say the words come back to love what I mean is that we are love at our core we are we are divine love in our being in our essence and we know that at some point early early on in our lives and things happen as they do in our human uh, families and things that happen over time. Most of us have had some sort of small or big trauma or some crises, and we forget who we truly are. And so, as adults, we're untangling the things that happened to us when we were younger and returning to the love that we truly are. And with that, that can include, you know, well, it includes primarily loving yourself and, um, you know, that internal, inward focus and also includes connecting with others and creating relationship if you choose. I always say that it's a choice. Um a lot of times people will think that come back to love is just about finding a partner. And so I think you can hear from what I just said that it's so much more than that. So for me, how I got into this work is definitely my life work. I am I am one who had a fair amount of trauma as a child. My mother died when I was 10 years old and she got sick when I was like six years old. So the family sort of started to unravel and things started to come apart quite early on. And um, fast forward to early 20s and grad school and feeling like happiness and deep connection and loving connection was for other people and not for me. And I didn't even realize that I was like living with that belief that that was for other people. That was for other people that didn't have bad, quote unquote, bad things happen to them. Um, But I really started to get a good look at connections, particularly women friendships, um, maybe 10 years later in my early 30s. And it really drew it like down into me that I really thought that was for other people. And so I started doing, you know, even more with a lot more commitment and enthusiasm, my own healing work. And, uh, and now, you know, my life is full of love and intimate connection and um, joy and the ability to keep coming back to that space. And I say every year my life is better and better. And I hope everybody says that. And I know some people don't. Um, and I'll just share one more little thing briefly about myself. Last year I traveled to London and I visited a cousin who I hadn't seen in 20 years and she is a couple years older than me. And she grew up in the town next to me. So she witnessed everything going on in my family and her family took care of my family. So she was, she was up close and personal with the things that were going on in my family. Fast forward to last year, seeing her in London, and um, and she said to me, you know, life just hasn't been good to me. And she was really kind of down and depressed. And I thought, you know, after feeling like a lot of compassion for her because I love her, I thought, wow, I never say that. I never say life hasn't been good to me. I never say, you know, things like that about my own life. And not only did I lose my mother, but my father died like 20 years later. I've also lost a partner. And I say life gets better and better every year. And so I just, it, what it gave me was this incredible pause. Yes, compassion for her, no judgment for her, but just like, well, what is it about me? Like, how did I create this life? And and she didn't, or she hasn't yet. Um, so anyway, it just really took, and it just gave me a lot of information about what I've been doing, how I've been doing it. And uh, I'm so happy to share it with you. And I'm happy to share it with everybody that comes into my, into my world and my orbit. So love in the face of hate. Um, I don't even really like the title, to be honest, even though I chose it. Um, it, I've done this class a couple of times recently. And um, like Christine said, this is such a difficult time in our world for many, many reasons. Um, the one most obvious is what's going on in the Middle East um, and Ukraine and other places. Right. Um, And but so many things like flying around and so many judgments and so many conclusions and so many opinions, even in families, people write differing in opinions and creating separation, possibly. And so all the things I've been doing have been taking like this this really deep turn to like, how do we love in the face of all this? How do we stay the change makers that we are, whether you know that about yourself or not, I know you're here for that reason in part. Um, you know, how do we stay with our hands on our hearts connected to love and bring that out into the world? Because that's so important right now. And it's so easy to get thrown off and yeah down some other rabbit hole, right? It's so easy and it happens. And it's like, I'm not even going to say that's a bad thing or something that shouldn't happen. I woke up this morning feeling like a little down and I just like, okay, I've got my tools. What can I do to like bring myself back to my center, to myself and to the love that I know that I am. So it's totally human, right? All through the day, we might be doing that. Um, But the point is to come back, come back, come back to love so that the predominant thing we're feeling and we're expressing and we're sharing in the world is love. So that's why I'm here. And that's what today is about. So what I wanted to give, uh, what I wanted to share or offer to you in this moment is to take just a moment to take like 30 seconds to write down why you're here. Like what drew you to a class called How to Love in the Face of Hate? What is it about you? I told you, told you my, some of my story. I told you some of why I'm here. So I really have two questions for you. The first one is, why are you here? And the second one is, what happens as a result
3: of not coming back to love? For you. the why you're here feels like such an important
2: question because it provides so much more meaning to your 60 minutes today. Like you can, you can excavate and kind of rinse out every bit of this time for yourself that, so that it provides meaning. And it's not just like a quick lunch break with a talk about love, right? Like this is sacred and meaningful. And you, I'm going to, we're going to do a couple of different tools. I'm going to teach you a couple of different tools that you can use that if you practice them, they actually work. Like I said, this morning, I woke up feeling kind of down and depressed and, you know, a couple hours later, I felt better and the tools really work most of my clients and part workshop participants is mainly what I have these days because my private practice is small and my workshops and classes are much more abundant and full. Um, but most people move from feeling stuck and kind of down or depressed to feeling connected. And when we feel connected, we feel much happier. But some people come in feeling alone or you know, kind of not knowing how to create this, um, these sacred connections with people, not even relationships, capital R, but just all relationships. And again, they, you know, as a result of the work feel connected and happier and loved. And that's also a really big, obviously one of the biggest is that they feel loved, love for themselves and therefore able to share love with others. Yeah. One of the questions I was, um, asking also in this moment is like, what have you already been doing? You know, cause have already been doing many things and hopefully some of these tools will add to your toolbox, but I know you've been doing things already and it's really good to acknowledge yourself. It's a wonderful act of self-love to acknowledge what you've been doing already. So I invite you to jot that down while I keep talking because, um, That's really important. I want to just really briefly name um, that we can have resistance to doing this work, that I really want to acknowledge and honor all of you for showing up today to a class that's called How to Love in the Face of Hate, because as you know, most people, or I want to say most people, scratch that, a lot of people don't want to, they don't want to love in the face of hate. They want to be angry. You know, they want to blame other people. Um, they want to, they feel like there's value in fighting the fight and whatever that is, and staying in blame, shame, regret, guilt, anger, etc. And, um, so, and we can all have, so one, just to acknowledge yourself for being here and two, because we all also have those parts. Like we have, we're we're a mixture of lots and lots of parts inside of ourselves and there can be resistance. You know, there can be like parts that just, you know, want to stay angry or want to stay upset because it's valid and true, and that's normal. So I guess I just want to name that so that all the parts of us that might may or may not be feeling that or the parts of us that may feel some of that resistance to choosing something different. And I'm, I'm going to teach some one in particular tool that's a little bit outrageous. Um, and resistance almost always comes up when I teach it. Um, so I just want to honor those parts because those parts are welcome here as well. And so I'm going to guide you through a meditation. And I will point out the tools as we go. And also on the other side of it, but this is something you can do even just in 30 seconds, to be honest, sometimes people think meditation, I'll have to sit down for like 10 minutes. I don't have 10 minutes. And, you know, I know I do that. Um, but this is, uh, this is actually, we're going to take a few minutes, but it's actually a very quick and expedient, effective tool. So With that, I want to invite you to have a breath and close your eyes. If you're comfortable, you can leave your eyes open, but it's nice to, for me, it's more effective when I go closed eyes internal and wherever you are, you can just do that and have a, have a nice deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth.
3: So first tool is just the breath, right? Deep, deep breath in through the nose.
2: And out through the mouth. So if you do make a sound on that exhalation, it's even more powerful. Some of you might not be in private space, but if you are. Ah. Yeah. And as you breathe, I'm going to invite you to bring your awareness to the earth. I think most of us are in New England, maybe not all, but uh, the earth is pretty frozen right now. But bring your awareness to the beautiful trees, the soil beneath the snow. On the base of your body, I'll invite you to send a grounding cord that might look like a root or a, some kind of cord that extends
3: down into the earth. It really helps with
2: literally coming back to your body, connected to yourself and grounded by connecting to the earth and sending this grounding cord down through the snow and ice perhaps through layers of
3: nourishing soil and rock and all the layers of this earth that literally is our life source. And so if we feel drained or disconnected, this brief, brief
2: practice of breath, and grounding and sending this cord down into the earth is so powerful. So allow it to travel down into the center where it's hot and wet, waters, and streams, I'm sure, who knows what's in there. And breathing in, bring that energy of the life-giving, nourishing earth into your own body. So just focusing on the inhale, you can just, in your imagination, if you're seeing this visually, but even if you're just like feeling it energetically, you can just bring that energy into your own body, almost like sipping through a straw, like, right? like bringing what's at the bottom up into what's at the top. And just notice anything different in yourself, even just from this two minutes of meditation and grounding or less than that. Just notice if you feel more relaxed, more connected, more aware of yourself and your body. So we've got the breath, we've got connection to the earth, and we've got expansion, which is the next piece we're going to do. So there's three mini tools in this one big tool. I want to invite you to be aware of the space around your body,
3: the space outside of your physical body. And that space is your
2: energy field. And it's infinite. But when we're contracted and when we're in anger and blame and fear and resentment and all that, the energy field can come in close and everything gets squeezed and you know that's a very uncomfortable way of being and living so this expansion actually has many many benefits one of them being relaxation which is when we are then capable of coming back to our hearts so i'm going to invite you to see that energy field expanding to the four corners of the room that you're in and for some of you you're you can see it you can see it moving and expanding and for others you're like You can't see it and you don't know, but it's okay. Just hold the intention that your field is expanding. And you might feel it or sense
3: it in a different way.
2: So I want to invite you to continue expanding that, your energy field outward into the city. And keep going out across
3: the state. (sighs) Keep going across the country, across the continent.
2: And as you take a deep breath in and exhale, I'm going to invite you to expand your energy field all around the globe. So you can just imagine the expansion into the infinite. All the way around the earth, your energy reflects what somebody said earlier, which was like when we love other people, you know, we make the world a better place. Yes, because our energy fields are infinite and impacting the world and everybody in it. Ah. A little more, just invite yourself, your body to relax and allow. Know that all parts of you are safe
3: when you expand. It's just a space many
2: people aren't used to living within. And I want to invite you to imagine it's even greater. So, up to the stars, the planets, the sun, the moon. And i'm gonna I'm gonna add one extra little piece here, one extra tool. And that is that when you perch yourself up high, perhaps like sitting on a crescent moon or on a star or a favorite planet in your mind's eye, and you look all around
3: at everything. It's
2: massive, right? It's infinite. It's it's more than we really can possibly imagine. And the things that are happening in your lives, in the micro and in the macro, what's happening in the world, perhaps you see them in a, from a different perspective from where you're,
3: you've landed in this moment, in your imagination, which also isn't your imagination because it's real.
2: So just notice what that feels like to kind of just tune back in just a tiny bit, like, oh, this is happening in my family. This is happening in the Middle East. This is happening in Ukraine. This is happening in Africa. This is wherever, wherever it is your awareness is, you know, bring you. And just notice again, expand back out because when I bring those things up, it's easy to contract back in. So expand back out like you just did. Perch yourself feels everybody feels so expansive to me right now it's really nice and then again just like just notice like the things around that are happening
3: take a deep breath in exhale staying right where you are I invite you to open your eyes
2: yeah, I mean, slowly come back. and jumped back in to open your eyes, but yeah, open your eyes, come back when you're ready. And I always also say, like if you're on a journey somewhere on one of them during one of my meditations, like just stay there. You don't have to open your eyes back up. So I just want to review in the meditation. So just because like I said, there's like micro. there were little micro tools in a bigger piece, the bigger piece took us five minutes. I was watching the clock. So just in case you're thinking, Oh, I can't spend all this time, like five minutes. Um, and then the micro tools are even shorter than five minutes. One, the first one was just breath, right? Like how many people felt like, Oh my gosh, just taking a breath in and exhaling, like, just like changes the trajectory of the next moment, um, and possibly the rest of your day. So we have just the breath, right? To remember and how many of us know that and forget, like, you know, I have my sticky pad next to me pretty much 24 seven. And when there's anything I want to remember, I grab my pen, I put it on the sticky and I post it like wherever I can see it. And I leave it there until I actually got it. And then I recycle it. So just saying breath, um, The second piece is, was the grounding piece, which may be for some of you not new. And for some of you new, a new practice, but to, you know, really send those roots down because it connects your body, you to your body, your body to the earth. And the earth is just an unending source of nourishment, energy, support, wisdom. Like we forget, we'd like go out for a run, go out for a walk, shovel the snow or like upset that the tree branch came down and I didn't have power yesterday. Like we don't think about the earth and like, she's just here to nourish us. And uh, I think that is such a, like such an important and vital tool for us to remember. So another one for the sticky pad. Um, so breath grounding, and then expanding. So those are the three micro tools in the one big, big five minute meditation. The expansion is likely new. Um, and it what it is when we expand out like that we're actually affirming who we really are so again back to the come back to love back to who we truly are we are infinite beings we are infinite expansive our energies are huge we all know that we're aware and sensitive to energy someone walks into the room and you turn around right i mean we've all had that experience um as one little tiny example of just noticing and feeling energy and being aware of energy but our energy fields don't have a definition like our physical bodies do so they are infinite and that means that we can spend our time and our um, we can experience life from that infinite space but we don't we we mostly spend life experiencing life in this very small boxed space and especially now in the face of hate, where there's just judgment and definition, uh, yeah, judgment, definition, conclusions about things and about people. Um, it's a very contracted space. And coming into that expansion is so amazing because it gives you the exact opposite of what's, uh, what's going on out there. And it gives you perspective and space around Uh, what's going on. It gives you space and spaciousness, which is what we're all really craving. And when we're in the spaciousness, we can really feel our own hearts. So that's that piece, that tool, the micro tools and big tool. So now I want to bring in a more outrageous tool. Um, And this is one that usually twists people's minds up a bit. So feel free to let your mind get twisted and come into questions and confusion. I always say, when people say to me, I'm confused, I say, awesome. Because when we're confused, it means our brains are like ready to learn something new. Like literally in the world of neuroscience, our brains get all twisted up, remolded, and we learn something new and we have a new pattern. So if you say you're confused, I say, that's awesome. Um, So i'm going to begin with the premise that we are all aware um again infinite beings we're all uh empathic in ways that you may or may not be aware of some people will identify themselves as an empath meaning they can feel other people's feelings other people might not say anything like i'm an empath or even that might not even be in your world and we are energetic beings energy is our first language And that's true for all of us. Um, So this piece has to do with a premise that let's just say 98% of our thoughts and feelings aren't ours, but are actually someone else's. So just write that there. I know it's like a brain twist, so you might want to write that down. Um, 98% of our thoughts and feelings aren't necessarily ours, but are actually someone else's. And I'll just give a little piece. And that is like when we're born, birth to age six, and there's lots of neuroscientists and biologists, like Bruce Lipton is one of them. If you want to look some of this up, he's an amazing biologist um, and many others. Uh, but I really like him uh, from birth to age six or seven. It's like we're just absorbing our worlds around us. For those of you that are parents, I'm sure I've had this experience with their kids. The kids are just like a sponge. We were just sponges absorbing everything. And we um, we believed all those things that We took into our, from our environment because, you know, we know any better, right? Um, And so just that little example of like how we absorb from our our environment tells us that we are sensitive, sensitive and aware of what's going on around us. And we take on other people's stuff. So if we go back to the belief that 98% of our thoughts and feelings aren't ours, then it gives us the chance to sift through what is ours. It gives us a chance to actually love in the face of hate because we're absorbing so much that's not ours. And it gives us a chance to return all of that that's not ours. And that way we're like, we're working with, right? Just ourselves, our own bodies and our own um, conviction to love and not live in all of the rest of the negative negativity, blame, shame, regret, guilt, et cetera, that's out there. Anger and hate, which is a word I don't like. So, um, so I'm going to start with that premise. And I'm going to invite you to uh, think of something that you've been, we're just going to try this just think of something you've kind of been believing or that you believe currently, like something that's going on in your life. It could be anything. Um, sometimes people will use like judgment of their bodies because that's such a prevalent experience that women especially have. Um, but you can also choose something right that's going on in the world right now. So just any thought or any feeling. Um, okay, so I want to invite you to think about that belief.
3: And yeah,
2: just like lean into it or make it a little bigger for yourself. Maybe it's already like really intense anyway, but if it's not just kind of round it out a little bit so you can, you can feel it a little bit more.
3: And this exercise has three
2: parts. This tool also has three parts, I guess. The three part tools today. The first part is to ask yourself the question, is it mine? Now this is something that we could spend half a day learning and I'm teaching you the tool in an abbreviated form. So just know that we could expand on this um, for a while and it takes practice, but if I just ask you, like, is this mine? You might get a yes. You might get a no. It might feel heavy to you, which would mean, no, it's not yours because heavy things are not ours. It might feel really light and like, and if it does feel that way, then yeah, it probably is yours. And there's no right or wrong answer to this question. It's just a question to ask. Is this mine? I asked this morning when I was woke up feeling kind of I was like, is this mine? What's been going on in the world like overnight while I've been sleeping that I'm tuned into? Right. So is this mine? And then you might ask, who does this belong to? That's the second question. If you're writing this down, is this mine? Number two, who does this belong to? who does this belong to might bring you right to, oh yeah, my mother used to judge her body all the time because she was sick and she didn't feel well. She was in constant judgment of her body. So guess what? When I judge my body, is it mine? No, it came from her. Or it might not be clear. You might say, who does this belong to? And you're like, "Mm, I don't know. That's okay. That's also fine. You don't have to know. You don't have to know to clear the energy and the belief out of your or the feeling out of your system so is this mine who does this belong to and then the third one isn't a question but a statement return to sender so i'm gonna say all of that i'll talk about return to sender in a moment all of that might be like really clear and you're like oh yeah i get it and i'm gonna return to sender that's great some of you like i have no idea i don't know i don't know it's okay return to sender still works is my point when working with energy, it all works because energy follows thought. So we just, you know, imagined our energy fields going all the way around the globe and out into the universe. And that's what happened. In this case, we're tuning into something that doesn't feel good that we're holding on to, a thought or a belief. Might try to just figure out, like, hmm, who does that belong to? I don't know. Sometimes we do know, like the example I gave. And then we're going to return it to sender just energetically. So with whatever piece you just brought up for yourself, I want to invite you now to kind of lean back into it. You already asked if it's yours. Some of you got yes. Some of you got no, maybe it belongs to me, right? We're not sure. Sometimes it's a little yes, a little no. Um, Who does it belong to? Or who does part of it belong to? Or where did it originate? You might ask. And then return to sender. And I always return to sender with consciousness and light. So I'm sending it back in a good way, not in like a mean way, like, you know, you take this and have to deal with this crap. Um, Because a lot of times people will ask that and everyone, you know, everybody's responsible for their own stuff. So when we return things to people, it's a good thing because it's theirs anyway. When things are heavy, they're actually not ours. not really carrying around these like heavy burdens. Those Those are things too return in internal family systems work, which is uh, one of my main modalities in therapy. It's like, we spend a lot of time um, deciphering, like what are the burdens that we are ready to let go of? Because we've been carrying them around for other people. Um, I wanna give you a chance to reflect on uh, what you are learning. Um, Not only what tools, You know that you learned here, but what what insight did you gain about yourself? What did you learn about yourself in the last
3: fifty minutes? Um,
2: What are you learning that you want to continue learning? What are what are one or two tools that you're like? Okay, I'm going to take that one. I'm going to use that one. Even just one would be totally awesome. And life-changing, because all of those tools are actually so potent, so powerful.
3: So what do you learn? What are you learning? What are you learning about yourself?
2: Just a note or two in in your journal that you can take with you. And then, just quickly, what's a sacred commitment you can make to yourself? I know you're here because you want to love as often as possible, as deeply as possible. Love matters to us in the deepest way,
3: the deepest recesses of our being. Love, it's not a small thing. And intending to
2: it. Is sometimes, uh, sometimes not something we put our attention on. So, what's a sacred commitment you can make to yourself, given the tools that we learned and practiced, given anything you learned about yourself, and just jot that down. Take a few seconds and write that down, so you have that with you. Again, I know I asked you to have pen and paper. I also recommend putting things on sticky so you can actually see this again and again when you take something out that you've committed to and read it every morning and every night, it, it really just um, gets charged with that energy and your life gets charged with that energy and things change. And again, I want to thank everybody for being here and participating and I could feel your energy and I could feel you actually practicing and it just feels really good, really expansive. And I just want to encourage you to do whatever you can to come back to love with yourself and to be that love in the world, because as we've all said, and we all know it's absolutely so important right now and it is what we can do to have impact. Yeah. So thank you. Turn it over to you, Christine.
1: Thank you so much, Robin. It's a, a great remind, reminder here in the beginning of the year to um, practice love and let go of some of these things that we're holding on to. I love the return to sender piece. I'm going to practice that more and more. Um, So thank you very much. And thank you to everyone for joining the Empower Women series today.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode. To listen to past podcast episodes and to see our calendar of upcoming events, visit our website, empower-women.com. Hightower Advisors LLC is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities LLC, member FINRA, and SIPC. Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates do not provide tax or legal advice. This material is not intended or written to provide and should not be relied upon or used as a substitute for tax or legal advice. Information contained herein does not consider an individual's or entity-specific circumstances or applicable governing law, which may vary from jurisdiction to jurisdiction, and be subject to change. Clients are urged to consult with their tax or legal advisor for related questions.